Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. feeling good? I don't know how I'm feeling. I'm still a little, I'm also wearing shorter shorts than I normally would. I saw which... them. <laughs> I saw them. Did I get up and move or something? You're so funny. I'm practicing. Okay. I'm practicing in the comforts of Nikki's home, Colin's home. So I'm Did excited you- to be back this week talking about in treatment again. I really enjoyed our last conversation. Um, I think that it's really been a joy actually watching it as a therapist from that kind of point of view. So I thought that was really cool. So I know this week we're going to talk about some more of the characters. We're going to talk about her other patient, Layla, talk about her sponsor, Rita, and we're going to talk about her boyfriend, Adam. So where are you going to want to start? Where are going to start today, Diana? Well, that's an excellent question. I have well, I have been enjoying binging with you, binge watching. It's really fun. I think we should start with Layla and stay with her professional relationships first, because the other two are her personal relationships. We could jump into those. High school senior Layla, mm-hmm. she grandmother wants her to come because she feels there's an identity situation. Or am I correct on that? Well, she acts as if she wants her to get some tools for the real world. However, Layla is gay and the grandma, of course, we can see that she is not really happy with that. And so I think that there's like kind of a joke, but not a joke that this is definitely not going to be any type of conversion therapy. So Brooke does say that. Right, right, right. No, like, yeah, I'm not here for that. Just so you Mm -hmm. are aware. Um, I love that Brooke lets the grandmother know this is confidential. I will not be telling you what goes on in our sessions so that we are clear about that. And I think that that's a really important aspect of the treatment because she is a minor and Brooke does lay down the law with the grandmother because a lot of times when minors come to see us and we are working with them and the parent wants to be informed about everything that goes on in the room. And there is that moment where you have to explain to the parent that you are the minors therapist and not their therapist and that unless the patient is hurting themselves or somebody else that the content is confidential I did like the way that she handled that yeah yeah I think it's important that Layla heard it right so she yeah because she said it in front of Layla which is really important yeah 
And I've had that happen with uh, minors and their parents, right? Like, let's just be clear about this. Because if not, then the minor doesn't always um, kind of be just honest and, 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 and let us know exactly what's going on with their life because there is a fear that uh, we are going to tell their parents or their guardian. So I think that that's really important. So they know it's their safe space and this really is safe. It is super important for me personally, when I'm working with teenagers, which is my favorite thing. I know. (laughs) It is. I do. I do. I do. Is letting them know and the parent know that when, if the teenager wants to, wants to say something to them, she or he will invite them to the session and then we can all meet together. But it has to be something that the teen and I agree on beforehand and then we invite the parent in, which is really nice. It's a nice way to do it. And then because the teen feels empowered to be able to really talk about what they or be able to say what they want to say to the parent and you're there to support them, which is really nice. So I love teenagers too. Yes, you do. However, (laughs) I don't love the parents. I, if I had to be just very, very honest, Um, parents, it's sometimes it's hard to have that hard line with them. Right. And you really do have to set a a very clear boundary that they don't always want to accept. And and then I do find that sometimes you become like the pseudo therapist to the parent. Right. Like, oh, you know, can I can we talk for like five or 10 minutes about this thing that happened? Anisha, I just want to kind of let you know. Mm -hmm. And then you end up on the phone and they keep going and going and you realize, wait, you need your own therapist. Like I can't be your therapist and the child's therapist. Well, you do end so, up treating the whole family. I mean, it is, if there is, if there is a child, if there is a teen in treatment with you, you do end up treating the family. And I, but it's hard. It's definitely the harder, it the is. harder road. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the harder road, but there is something about it. it. There's something about having the teens and like really seeing them make progress. And a lot of the teens that I have had in the past have been, I mean, I can think of, two off the top of my head who are now uh, graduated from college and out in the world and still seeing me weekly. So that's kind of, yeah, it's really fun. I have one particular patient that I'm thinking of that we've been together since ninth grade and he's like three years out now. So of college, it's really that timeline and that progression and to be able Mm -hmm. to see is really, that's a privilege. I really enjoy that. And back to Brooke and Layla, because Layla has a lot. I mean, she is, she does a really good job being a teen in treatment. Mm-hmm. I think I like the way that she challenges her, the questions that she asks her, the way that Brooke responds. I really liked that. I did. I was very curious about her Layla's, I guess, naivete. I mean, her girlfriend's in the ninth grade. And I want, and I also wonder if the girlfriend is a fantasy, but. Right. Because that is actually statutory rape, right? Like, because they are having sex. Brooke doesn't focus on it too much. No, no, they're not having sex. We find out that they're not having sex, that she's oh, fantasizing about having she's sex. She's fantasizing about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But she's that would not. be statutory rape if they were. Right. Because she's 18. But there is the, uh, she tries to convince Brooke at the beginning that she's very uh, sexually active and that she's very, she says she's um, a sex addict. Yes, that's right. And then we find out that they're never actually in the same, like they've never actually been on an actual date, although they're planning this escape to like run away and do something together. A whole nother country, which I love, right? Like not even a regular date, like to the movies. (laughs) They're planning on going to a whole nother country. (laughs) And I was curious because the grandmother is the dad's 
she's the paternal grandmother. Yes. What happened to the mom? It sounds like towards the end, like the last one of the last episodes with Layla, we find out that the mother was just too um, overwhelmed. It seems like with having a child that she left. Right. Yes. Oh, right. And the the grandmother kind of becomes the the pseudo mom and she's Mm -hmm. very overbearing and, and very controlling. And so Layla talks about not even knowing who she is or what she likes or what she wants because she feels like she's basically told by the grandmother what she should like and what she should want. And they have a whole episode about that. Do you remember that episode? I do. And she's also given a lot. Like she's given a lot of stuff. Like it almost feels like to overcompensate for not having a mom like that she has at doesn't I mean there's a slew of very fancy cars the dad's a car dealer or something Mm -hmm. she talks about being spoiled by the father and she feels like she's kind of like a spoiled little rich girl that's what she calls herself with daddy issues she said I'm a spoiled little rich girl with daddy (laughs) with daddy issues and spoiled such an interesting word to use with children I think that like it's so negative children internalize it and it's like it really means bad like if something has spoiled we we throw that away we throw it away right we don't keep it um, oh I love that yeah yeah so as we when we like that language itself even though it's so common and we people say it all the time like when we really think about what it means it's like we're just throwing something at it and then throwing it away like it's just like it's just material stuff that she's getting she's not getting it's not it's like a substitute for like affection. I mean, we saw all the purses and the bags and how many cars she totaled and what she did. Like she talked about it, Like she didn't care. It's not what she wanted. No. And she realizes how her life is very different from other people in the black community. Right. So she talks a lot about race um, and racism in 2020 and how people are impacted and maybe how she is not right. Like how her life looks very different. But in fact, it was impacted. Yes, it was. Right. It is every day. um, Yeah. yeah. Because of the pressures, the grandmother not being able to go to college and not being able to do certain things. She wants that life for Layla. So like the grandmother's trying to live through her. Right. And the grandmother is also reaping the benefits of her son's successes. And so they're both like, and they have a very different view of what that means. Mm-hmm. Right. Because she worked really hard so her son could have these successes and Layla should work as hard, but it's not being translated or the next generation is not like doesn't get to live their life the way that it's been set up for them. Right. She's been given. She's she's moved in. She's in a different she's in a different social class. Like mm-hmm. all the things are different and like really trying to relate to that and what that's like in the grandmother and Layla are having such a difficult time. Like really, and then Brooke is such a nice compliment in the middle of yes. who would be, who is more like a mother figure. A mother. And a, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like really encouraging her to be herself. And she's trying to figure out who that is. And I think it's interesting because we talked about, um, well, I talked about feeling like you're doing therapy sessions with the parents. And in that last episode, she actually does a therapy session with the grandmother, Brooke. Right. Because she... I mean, because Layla follows through, like we're going to put out a missing persons alert, but no, she like follows through with the fantasy and like, which also is very interesting to me because now then we see where her, where the money comes in that she did because she was afraid to do all of these things for herself. It was a little, it's a little bit of a, like of a, 
of a leap, right? Like she yeah, buys a plane and she's somewhere, she's somewhere in Peru or something. <laughs> um, she's like looking out the window, like, oh yeah, I got this. And then we're like, what? Huh? Don't you have some homework to do or something? Like, so there's that. So she's like taking, she's taking it upon herself to have a gap year in Peru and she's bought a ticket. She's gotten on the plane. She rented the, <laughs> she rented the Airbnb and she's there by herself and she's having this experience that she had fantasized with the girlfriend and she decided to do it at some level the work with Brooke gave her the permission or allowed her to give herself the permission let me be clear to experience and to take these risks it does seem like a very big HBO leap that we're going to go from here to there (laughs) huge leap but I appreciate it but it was a huge I I mean I don't hate it either but it's like she knows how to book a hotel she knew like she got herself through customs she found her passport because you know that grandma locked up that passport so she couldn't go anywhere like there were some things that really you are a child of means aren't you sometimes transported into this adult world very early right like because of the options that it gives you Sure. You know, she's I mean, been driving. She 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 can do just about anything on her own because she has the means. Absolutely, but she wasn't given that freedom. No. And and that's what Brooke helped her with, right? Like she gave her the permission to say, like, yes, right. you can do these things on your own. You can figure out who you are. Um, yeah. but of course, yeah, again, it, it was a I'm gonna leap. I'm gonna go with that. What we missed was the my the summers prior where she was sent to camp and she flew by herself. <laughs> that's that's she had to fly to camp back and forth and they dropped her off at the airport and then like she knew how to do it. And I'm assuming that Layla flew first class to Peru so that she could like have all the bells and whistles and feel comfortable. But mm-hmm. I liked it. I liked the way that she she was really able, like teenagers really push you back and like ask you questions. And you're like, what did you really ask? Like they, they it's no joke. <laughs> I thought it was super cool because I think it's like the second episode with Layla that she's outside and li- she looks like she's either on like Snapchat or Instagram live. And she's like, oh, I'm on my way into yeah. my therapist's office and mental health is just as important as physical health. And you got to get you a therapist. So I think that that was um, pretty cool because that's something that a kid would do. Right. Totally. <laughs> like, where are you checking into my therapist's office? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. It was fun. It was. And it's true. Like you are also like they have to put their phone down. They have to be present with you although I did have a I have had many a session where like the phones come out and we have to read all the stuff on the phones so that like I can get an accurate description of what's going on in the world (laughs) I think they also were trying to play into the fact that therapy and community colors um there is a huge stigma around it right so I think that part of what they were trying to do was kind of to reduce that stigma and for her for number one for Brooke to be a black clinician and then for Layla to let everyone know like, oh, look, I go to therapy. I'm on my way. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, we, we, we have a little, there's somebody in the backyard, a little something. Um, okay, so we liked that one. Who should we talk about next? Who do you want to talk about? I think we about? should talk about Rita, which is her sponsor. But before we do, I was reading an article, which I thought was really interesting about in treatment. So one of the writers, I think her name is Jennifer. So she said that she's seen the same therapist every week for 17 years. 
So it was one of the most significant relationships of her life. And she said sometimes her friends and family kind of question the longevity of it. But she talked about like every time she came from a therapy session, she felt better in some way. And so I think it's interesting how we are sometimes the most consistent relationship in people's lives and which is why it is so important. And I think that Layla was going to continue to see Rita while she was in Peru, right? And like you talked about how you've started to see teenagers at a really young age and they still see you eight, nine, 10 years later. So it does show the longevity of a relationship, but it did not show that in this way. I noticed because Eladio, I mean, she referred him out, but I, I know there was from other reasons there, but she, but Colin, he was only supposed to see her for four sessions and we know four sessions do nothing. Right. But then they decided to continue to see each other. So it, it does hopefully, yeah, it doesn't really show the longevity of the relationship. I would say and treatment doesn't show that. No, they don't. No. But I'm glad to hear this is another one of those times where you've done some research that I have not. But thank you for bringing <laughs> that information into the room. Um, <laughs> letting, letting me know. Totally fine. But I think that it's nice to know that there was a writer on the show that has like understanding the, that, therapy, yeah. and understanding and really validate the importance of this relationship and what it means in in people's lives like I know that I have been with my we know that I've been with her for a very yes, long time yes, yes. a very long time and I think I mean we've had dual roles she was my supervisor and now she's my analyst but I think literally we've been together for almost I would say 17 years and I have another what and both of them my group I was in individual and now in group with my other analyst and we've been together for 17 years maybe longer maybe 20 I think it's actually 21. And what's the longest amount of time you've had this same client? Like what's the longest relationship you've had with a client? Oh, I have one from graduate school, from my second year of graduate school. So let's see, that's 2004. So somebody do the math About for me. 17 Anyone? years again. Yeah. So yeah, we had a very funny moment this week. <laughs> it was like when we break protocol and we can go out and be friends and have a drink, I'll tell you that story. But in the meantime... <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to take a break here and we're going to come back and talk about Rita and what's the boyfriend's name? Adam. Adam. More about her personal life. Yeah. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. BeWell is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, BeWell offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. So 
So we're back. We're going to continue to talk about in treatment because this is like really exciting for us. I got to say, I hope you guys are excited too. Um, <laughs> we are, we are enjoying it for sure. I, I think it's kind of cool to have this like bird's eye view of a therapist doing therapy also into the therapist's personal life. Cause I think that that's the thing that people most want to know about us, Diana, as therapists, what is our personal lives like? Um, but also now with social media, I think that some clients are beginning to see, you know, their therapists as more like humans and less like objects, right? Just like this thing or person who listens to me, but as human beings who have issues and problems. And so I think that they do a good job of showing us the complexity of Brooke, the ways in which she is able to show up for other people, but not necessarily show up for herself, you know, in, in the same way. So um, we're introduced to Rita, who is her sponsor. Well, what do you think about that? Because I saw the face. Well, I would, yeah, no, I was thinking, well, I, what I was thinking is when you said that, I think there's oftentimes, like I know that I have said in, in the room with patients have been, have talked about being able to compartmentalize and what, yes. when it's healthy, when it's not healthy, why, what like oftentimes we compartmentalize and we shouldn't. And then there's like, there's times where we want like different parts of our lives to cross over. Um, we see that in interpersonal relationships, but like in this particular situation, Brooke is really, we're able to see where she, how long she can compartmentalize and then where she may, where she blows it a little bit by letting Colin into the house, which we talked about, talked about last time. We're going to get into a little bit more. There is like this human part of her that we all have Mm -hmm. as therapists, but we like, we have that training where we show up and like, we keep that boundary so that we are able to, and I know that um, especially during the pandemic, I've had people, patients say, say to me, you must need a break. Like more so than in person. Like when we were in person, yeah. it was like, they knew there was just something about that dynamic of like coming into the office and like knowing that I was leaving the office and, and like whatever, like the, like that I could tolerate it more. Mm-hmm. And like that, because everybody, we were all living this parallel life of like, there was the parallel process of going through the pandemic and we were all going through it. And like that you actually, I had a patient say it to me yesterday. You definitely need a break. <laughs> I think that they've been thinking about us in a different way and they've been For thinking sure. about our mental health, right. And yeah. in different ways, but also being very grateful. And someone told me that um, I was the most consistent thing in their life through the pandemic. Yeah. And they were so appreciative that I was always there. Um, and then on the next note is just like, so when are you going to take a break, Anisha? <laughs> you know, and, right. and I, I, I appreciate it. Right. And so when I have taken a break, I think that um, everyone is just so happy for me. It's, it's so funny. Yeah. Like, please, mm-hmm. where are you going? What are you going to do? You need some time well, off. Right. Cause we didn't get, I mean, we, and we touched on this throughout the year, right? Like we didn't get the natural breaks of like people canceling cause they were staying late at work or people canceling or like getting stuck on the subway and not like, so they've had a lot of us consistently like been in, like, I know my schedule just went a complete flip from in the office to on the phone or in on video and that everybody kept the same schedule. Everybody was at the same time. It didn't really change anything. Um, eventually I changed it and made it a little bit more manageable for 
what was happening at home. But I think that like there ha- we have been so consistent and we also didn't take as many breaks because we didn't travel. Like you and right. I like to, you and I like to get out and about. So there were, there was that. And I, we need to like, when they're asking, I often, I often think it's because they need a break from the treat, from like from us, from like, which, yeah. yeah, just for, just for a minute. Like just I'm talking about your life. <laughs> they might need a break. Let's just, let's just let this breathe for a minute. <laughs> let's just open this bottle, put it on the table and like, let this, let this beautiful bottle of red breathe. And then we can come back and like, go back in and see. So Brooke does give us a very good example of compartmentalization. And she shows us throughout the six weeks or however long it lasted, like, that she can, for the most part, show up for her patients and then have her private life private-ish. I do think that for me, it showed me, there is a, I think there was an episode that she became very aggressive with Eladio. And I think there's also an episode that she became aggressive with Colin. And as a therapist, I could never see myself in some ways coming out of character in that way. I think in the only ways that I might come out of character is might be a facial expression, right? Cause I'm not, I don't have a good poker face. So sometimes my face looks a little and everybody like, oh, what is that? But it showed how I think that the therapist and just like the human side, just like Brooke kind of collided and she couldn't kind of control her emotions. So I thought that that was very interesting because I don't think that happens often with therapists. I think that we've been so trained and most of us are able to hold it. But I think that sometimes when you have so much going on in your life, you are held it. I think that she showed that. She did. I don't know. I was watching her with Colin. Like he made me mad. Like that episode, I, I like it. there were some episodes where I was like, I don't know. I, I made, I, he, like the induction of his narcissism was like, I could feel it on the couch mm-hmm. <laughs> in my apartment <laughs> while I was watching. I had some choice words for him that I will keep to myself right this very second but I've often said if I get frustrated Mm -hmm. with in session and I can't figure it out right or like there is that induction and I'm like where does it come from and I have I use I use the I use the frustration in the room and then identify it like I have to like I identify it in question for the patient that I am frustrated and I'm wondering why why am I so frustrated like what's happening in the dynamic between the two of us right now that I am so frustrated so that we can figure that out because I think there's something in that nugget uh Mm -hmm. so that you expect you as the clinician can hold on to the frustration and the patient can figure out where that shows up in their lives in other places it's really hard like that's when like that's when you know the treatment is moving but you're like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this this is real. Like I'm gonna have to hold on to this, and I'm not gonna like you can't get out of your chair, you can't leave the room, you can't do all of the things that you would do in your personal life, or like say, hey, we're gonna bring this up next week. Let's just talk about this later. I gotta like right. something. I mean, I've actually and, been abused in the session before, like verbally abused, and, and, and that it took everything brutal. in me to hold it right, like literally, yeah. like I was almost in tears in the room. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I had never been spoken to in that way. And in some ways, you know, I couldn't strike back. Right. Like you would normally do if someone called you names and was mean and was nasty to you. Right. Like I couldn't do that. Um, no. And I couldn't even, you know, talk about it in a way that they could understand, like, you know, where is this coming from? 
right? Like they weren't even in a place that I could do that with them. But that's when I was working with more lower functioning clients, right? And so right. I had to hold on to that. And I remember having to actually leave the room and I cried. And yeah. I cried out of anger. Yeah. I was like so pissed at the way I was being treated. I know. It's and awful. I had to kind of pull it together and go back in there again, right? I think it's, it's very interesting that maybe people don't realize that those things happen to us, um, you know, and we do have to have, I guess, is it professionalism? I'm not really sure what it is in that moment. No, I, it is. It's professionalism <laughs> because in that, like, without hold it, if you give into that, if yeah. you, without the training, without, first of all, what, how it bleeds into your own personal life, right? Yeah. Like you, if you take that and then you hold on to it for your patient, but you don't process it in your own treatment and with your, with your supervisor yeah. and what that looks like, then that just comes out like in your own life, which brings us to Brooke's drinking because that is, she doesn't, she doesn't have, she's not in treatment and no. she's not in, in she's, supervision. Nope. So there's no place for her to discharge all that is happening to her in the room. And that toxicity is just going to show up in your life and the way that you treat yourself. And that, that makes you no good for yourself, your patients or the people in your life. And like that, that is the most, like you, it's, I think of going to my own treatment and my own supervision, really like fine tuning your instrument. Like if you had a guitar, you would tune your guitar. If you were, if you had a, if you were a piano player, you would tune your piano and you would like take really good care of it all the time. Like what we have is our bodies and our minds. And we use the whole thing every time we go to work. Like there's nothing all day, like we all day. And we don't move move for 45 (laughs) minutes. We sit in the same place. We hold that space. We respond back. We're present. And when you really think about what we do, it's really hard work. And I don't know. And it doesn't get, it doesn't get the, it doesn't get the respect it should our field. I think. This is why when I talk to like either friends or sometimes clients, I'm like, if you are in therapy, a therapist should have a therapist. Mm -hmm. Your therapist should be in therapy. They need someone to hold space for them in the way that you hold, like the way that I hold space for my clients. I need someone who does that for me. Right. And then I need to go talk about, you know, the relationship that I have with my clients and what I'm feeling. And I do that with a supervisor. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have two places. Basically, it's kind of these like checkpoints, right? To make sure I'm okay. I continuously have these checkpoints on a weekly basis. I see my supervisor every two weeks and I see my therapist every week, right? Mm -hmm. And so those things are needed because if not, imagine how you as a therapist would show up in a session, right? And I think that Brooke shows that the day that she kind of lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She just couldn't hold on anymore. No, it was too much. And you see throughout the whole thing, what's her deteriorating in her personal life Mm -hmm. and what she's not able to handle, what she's not processing the episode where she's her own therapist. I mean, kind kind of brilliant, but also there should have been a real person on the other side that wasn't her. There is that like in the treating yourself, quote unquote, and allowing yourself to have that, like she got to see and have the the catharsis of the mom, right? Because mm-hmm. we talk about the dad through the whole thing. And then we, we find out that the mom is an alcoholic. I wouldn't say abusive, but neglectful. Absent. I think it also shows that we can't treat ourselves. I think in no. that moment when I saw her with like, you know, they had her as a therapist and her, you know, 
it it was funny because recently I told my brother, my oldest brother, like, oh, I'm have I was really having a really hard time. And he was like, Well, you're a therapist. Can't you just kind of like treat yourself like you don't know what to do? And I was like, almost like you asshole. No, it's not that simple. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. No. <laughs> He's like, Don't you know all the things to say to yourself that you say to other people? Can't you just fix it? Yeah, no, that that that's not how it works, buddy. But thank you. <laughs> But thank I you. I'm glad it. that you think I have this magic, magic <laughs> wand over here. <laughs> I can pull it out just like <laughs> abracadabra it all the way. A little pixie dust. Get in there. I'm, well I'm all good. I'm all good. Yes, I'm all good. <laughs> Not that simple. Um, <laughs> no, yes. Yes, Don. I see he's, we have a little note from the producer. Yes, there's a weekend course in Pixie Desk, but we did not take that one. No, no, no. Um, so, and that brings us, but I, she has this relationship with Rita, who is her sponsor. Sponsor. Her AA sponsor. Mm-hmm. Her AA sponsor, which is a very important relationship in that community and um, does help you go through and navigate the steps of AA and what like gives you a support person that you can talk to the boundaries are very different and it keeps Um, you accountable I think it keeps you accountable but you do have access to that person 24 hours a day while you are on your trajectory to stay sober and that Mm -hmm. is woven into that community and we don't we we challenged that in the very first episode uh that she picked up the phone at 12 or two o'clock in the morning that like that's not we don't we don't let that boundary we we hold that boundary that you wait until like nine and we'll call you then but like in and so that's a very different relationship and we see how that relationship with Rita moves from being her sponsor to more of being her friend and what Mm -hmm. that means and Brooke really asking for a different I think she wants a different uh, relationship at points. Right. She wants a different relationship, but she wants to be, yeah, to the relationship to take a different shape, right? Yeah. Like Rita had held, does not want to be in relationship with her while she's drinking. And Brooke really wants her to accept her for where she is right now. And that gets very sticky. And then we have Adam. Who but then there's that mothering relationship, I think, that Rita has with her. And maybe I think about Brooke's mother and maybe not accepting her. Because she said, I always felt like I was too much for my mother to kind of handle. And she just wanted to be accepted. And I think that maybe she wants Rita to just accept her too. And Rita's just not able to. And Rita does play like um, a mothering role in her life because she gives her that tough love. And it seems like she's the only one giving her the tough love because you're about to introduce Adam, which is a boyfriend where there is no tough love. He allows her to drink and he never tells her you shouldn't take a drink, but he knows that she's an alcoholic. He and he brings it. I mean, he shows up with, with the drinks he all brings the time. Him home. <laughs> he brings him home. He gives her, he indulges her in whatever she asks for, whether it's good for her or not. It doesn't hold a line for her. And that, and then there's the question of, well, is, is this a way to show love? Right. Like where, like, if you look at the two people in her personal life, who, mm-hmm. who is the one that's helping her? I mean, I would say Rita is the one that's helping her love herself more, but she's just not ready to do it because she's not ready to process so much. The the child that she gave up for adoption, the loss of the dad, the loss of the mom and where she really is in her life right now. I mean, Adam wants her as the way that it looks, right? He wants to be with her. He wants to have a child and she doesn't really want him. When I think about it now, 
as so the thought is that we think that she hasn't left the house throughout the pandemic. Right. So I think that Adam also helps with the, some loneliness that we don't really talk about too much. But I could imagine her being home over a year alone. And she wasn't always seeing clients. We know that because I think when Colin comes in, he comes with a vaccination card, right? So she was probably just doing kind of Zoom and all this time on her own. So I think right. that Adam is there because there is some loneliness there. And I think that he knows that maybe she needs some radical acceptance in her life. Like, I don't think her father truly accepted her for who she was. I don't think the mother accepted her either. But Adam is the only person that does. So right. I know that, you know, for you, Rita is the one. Been who... like a, a mask mandate. Huh? <laughs> so the, so the, we could have figured out where they were in the pandemic. But yes, I do agree with you. I think that there is that relationship of really wanting to be, there's such an interesting parallel, right? Like I really wanted to be accepted during this time and like mm -hmm. being lonely. And we saw what loneliness did to people. Yes. Um, we saw the isolation and how difficult that was for people. And it makes total sense from a personal perspective, her letting him into her life and keeping him there as somebody who like, she, he was pretty consistent. I mean, and he's been around for a long she time. She didn't have a therapist, right? To be mm -hmm. consistent in the ways that we have. Been I mean, for people. she could have picked up the phone and called the therapist. Now I she mean, could have. She could have. She could have done the Google. We all know where to find them. And we have They're had a lot here. of people start therapy during the pandemic. I have a yes, lot of clients have. that I've met we know during how the to pandemic that I've never seen in person yet. So yes, this happens. But she we are have. seeing people in person now, aren't we? We are. And well, since we are talking about therapy, we're talking about in treatment. I did, I did see three people this week in person and yes. I was super excited. And one of them was someone that I started seeing in the pandemic and I had never seen her in person until the other day. And so that so, was kind of cool it's exciting. and different I mean, though. <laughs> I know it's super fun to see, start seeing people. And we are taking new patients at Be Well, both in New York City and in New Jersey. Um, in person. In Excuse me, in person. And um, definitely, I can tell you, uh, one of our Be Well therapists, Susan, is she is she's filling up her days. She just asked me if she's going again. I was like, you go right ahead. So that's really, I mean, it's nice to be able to offer it again and like see the difference and see like some people are going to be fine over over video and have that experience, but like that you have the opportunity to come and meet with people and uh, in person and get that feeling for them, especially people who have been isolated or have like some of the, some people's jobs are completely remote now. What it's like to be in the room and have that experience is really, I think it's, I think it's really important. And we could talk about the non-traditional places people want to meet for therapy now as well, like parks. Yes. <laughs> yes there, and it is, um, that one, it, I'm going <laughs> to okay, I, there's so many things, so many factors that we have to take into consideration when we do this, but we are open to that experience of the non-traditional really being able to look outside the box and what that, what that is like. But also there's the conversation prior to meeting somebody on a park bench is like, what could happen, how the relationship is going to change, who you right. might bump into, um, you know, anything can happen to when you're outside of the treatment room, but that, if and it can feel different, like a date and it's not, <laughs> yeah, I think right. that that's a big thing. To I, talk it's, about, I, it's a really, it's an important thing to talk about. And, um, I know that it's, it's, I mean, I know that it's done in different modalities and I know mm -hmm. that there's exposure therapy with OCD and that 
I did have a patient once who also worked with a DVT specialist and they went out for lunch, Mm -hmm. which was really hard for the patient. So you really have to make sure that like everybody's talking about it and everybody understands the boundaries and how the relationship, once you go outside the treatment room will change and how to talk about it when you're back in the room and things like that. But we should be open to different things now that we are in a different time. I mean, different time. It's a different time. We have a special guest today. We do. We do. We have one special guest. Okay. He's going to sit in for the last hurrah. Oh, 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 you may all remember back around Thanksgiving, we had that it's super cute niece and now we have the super (laughs) cute nephew. So that's a few things about the super cute nephew that you all might not know. Every time you read the show notes, super cute nephew. Yeah. All the updates on the website super cute nephew. He has a lot of responsibilities around. He has a lot of of responsibilities like my secret weapon. Anytime a client care coordinator can't work, super cute nephew. So he's going to be here right now. I'm going to slide on over, Anisha. He is last hurrah. Let's do it. So Colin, um, when it's time for you to do karaoke, what is your go-to song, Colin? Um, I've been hearing him sing. Okay, I feel like it depends on the mood because... I like Umbrella by Rihanna. Okay. Or I like Let's Hear It for the Boy by Denise William. Oh, I love you. Went way back on that one. What is that, like 80s or 90s? He doesn't actually know. Were you born then? Whatever Footloose came out. I know it from Footloose. (laughs) Yeah, but you know it from Footloose, the musical. From the movie. The original movie with? 80s. Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Come on, Diana. With the times he's watched, I, I mean, he he watched it's a classic. It in, it's a classic, and I, and yeah, on Netflix, he didn't yeah. watch it when I watched it in nineteen eighty, whatever. Go on. <sighs> um, and All right. my next question: Have you ever dined and dashed, Colin? Uh, <laughs> I have not. You have not. Okay. <laughs> well, that was very good. <laughs> <laughs> he could have had a crazy you night know, in his new york. mom listens to the show right yeah, he could have had a crazy night in new york who knows he's a college student what? anything can happen anything can happen that could not happen it. he could have just forgot to pay the bill because he was having such a good time they just walked out it was free okay. so you do the show notes now you know we're having a hard time ending the show yeah. Have, uh, do you have any um, thoughts about what we should say? Blink if you did. Any, like, how we should end now that we're we're moving through the pandemic? Do you have any? I mean, you have to listen to it every week. Yeah. Um... In the rough cut. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get it. He doesn't even get it cleaned up. He, like, listens to this version every time. Not the edited. You're appreciated. All right. No ideas. No ideas. Okay. So here we are. Pandemic is, although we have the Delta variant. Right. So we're still living like in, in New York's pandemic. ass. We Let's are still clear. living in a pandemic. So, yeah, I mean, COVID's real. I, in my personal life, I've seen it. Yes. So mm-hmm. stay safe. And it's not pretty. Stay safe. Continue to wash your hands. Continue, please. Okay. That's just a given. Do not never stop washing your hands. Just like keep washing them. Never stop. If you just picked up the habit of washing them when you come in the house, keep it up. And like, I'm all for the mask now. 
I'm all back. I'm, I'm going to say continue to stay socially distant because I don't want you that close to me. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> That's it. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, great. And next week we're going to be talking, uh, we're going to have a little announcement about our new Be Real swag because next week it'll be up on the website and uh, we'll also be posting about it in our Facebook group. So please join our Facebook group today. I think that's it. So yeah, we're going to stop here. Oh, (laughs) I did hug someone last week and it scared me to death afterwards. I got so damn anxious. Okay. So she's not ready to hug you. Should you see her? (laughs) Not quite ready to hug you. Um, Thank you, Colin. And we will stop here and we'll see you next week. I guess. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to bewellpsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's bewellpsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.